essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. My name is Sean. I'm your host. Thank you for joining me today on this episode. And while you're at it, take a moment to hit that like, subscribe, or favorites button on your podcast browser so you'll be informed every time we put out a new episode of our podcast. And be sure to join us on our Facebook page where we talk about the sick pick of the day, the superstar of the day, celebrating the wrestlers' birthdays, along with news, views, and predictions in the wrestling world. We can be found at the Scumbags Wrestling on Facebook, over on Twitter at Scumbags Canada, and on Instagram at Scumbags Wrestling, plus on our home on the internet, scumbags.ca. On this week's episode, we look at all things Smash Wrestling, including the results from 100 Part 2 last week in Toronto, the announcements that were made during that show, preview and predict the event tomorrow night at the London Music Hall here in London, Ontario. Look forward to Smash going to Kitchener at the Taste of the Tannery, and of course the Canusa Classic and the free show in October. After all that, we'll take a look at the goings-on in WWE as they have some news that has developed since Hell in a Cell, the results of Hell in a Cell, and looking forward to three more events that are heading our way, including Evolution, Super Showdown in Australia, and the latest one, Crown Jewel. They returned to Saudi Arabia in November. Coming this October 26th and 28th at the Western Fair Agaplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Already scheduled to appear are Ted Raimi from Xena Warrior Princess and Ash vs. Evil Dead. For Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Marina Sirtis. From Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters. The Yellow Power Ranger herself, Serena Vincent. Star Wars Bounty Hunter, Boba Fett, Daniel Logan. And former UFC champion and former WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion, Ken Shamrock. Plus, many more names are to be announced. Presented by Start.ca and London's Best Rock FM96. It's a three-day celebration of art, culture, and comics. With celebrity guests, vendors, and more. 
Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, go to LondonComicCon.ca. Hey, you're listening to Scumbags Podcast. It's your boy Aiden Prince. Last week, Smash Wrestling presented 100 Part 2, a mystery show at the Rec Hall in Toronto. There were seven big matches and three announcements. Thanks to Dave Morris and Jay Smith, who sent in details of the show that was recorded for the Fight Network. Just like last year's 100 show, nobody knew what was going to happen until the music hit and the bell rang. The event started off with Brent Banks taking on ACH, where Banks won with a springboard cutter. The second match of the night was a six-man tag team match featuring Scotty O'Shea and his two new members of Killscreen facing Kevin Blackwood, John Greed, and Andy Williams in six-man tag team action. Unfortunately, this match went to a no contest as the referee had to call for the bell and end it when one of the masked members of Killscreen ended up with a freak accident and injured his knee, sending him to the hospital. Since then, we, Alan Taylor has put out word that that member of Killscreen did go to the hospital and was released and should be fine to participate this weekend at London Vacation. Veda Scott beat Jody Threat in what was a Canusa Classic preview. Could these two meet up in a rematch next month? One can only tell. Sebastian Suave won a five-way match over Matt Cross, Eli Everfly, Speedball, and Clayton Gaines. Mike Rollins won a battle wrap-off against Kevin Bennett and Halal Beefcake and went on to team with Bennett to face the team Halal Beefcake in a losing effort. Tyson Dukes went one-on-one with Red Death, Daniel Garcia. It was a hard-fought battle and took three different DDTs from Dukes to put away the young Daniel Garcia. The main event of the night saw Tarek defending his Smash Wrestling Championship against Sammy Callahan. Tarek ended up winning the bout and will go on to continue to defend the Smash Wrestling Championship. After the championship bout finished, Tyson Dukes came down to the ring and congratulated his friend and fellow pillar member Tarek on the win and retention of the title. He also issued a challenge to Tarek wanting a title match at the This Is Smash show October 14th at the Rec Room. During the evening, there was also a few other announcements that were made as Sebastian Suave will face Joe Hendry at the This Is Smash show as well. More details will come in the future weeks of what this free show will have. It was announced that The Hangover with Scott Hunter and Muscle will be moving to Wednesday nights at 9pm on Facebook Live as Smash Wrestling on the Fight Network is expanding to 90 minutes. So be sure to catch Scott and the Muscle every Wednesday now at 9 o'clock instead of Thursdays at 11. Alan Taylor announced that the episodes of Super Showdown 6 are available for free 
on demand, YouTube, and even broadcasted on Twitch earlier this weekend. So if you didn't see it or want to see it again, be sure to go out of your way to find all the free content from Super Showdown 6. I personally went there and saw it, and it was an amazing show live and quite the show to see on the Fight Network. So do yourself a favor and catch this great wrestling action. The final announcement was that Smash will also be donating to the treesforthefuture.org with every ticket sold. So every time you buy a ticket now for Smash Wrestling, you're going to help plant a tree. The 100 Part 2 show was also recorded for the Fight Network and should be airing very shortly. Also being filmed for the Fight Network is tomorrow night at the London Music Hall as Smash Wrestling presents London Vacation. On this show, you will see the first-time appearance of Pierre-Carl Ouellette, PCO, and probably his manager, or Frankenstein, Dr. Frankenstein, Destro, as he faces Kevin Bennett. Kevin's liable to have his entourage with him and hopefully need them to help save him from the beating that PCO is bound to put on him. Pierre Carola has come a long way since being one of the members of the Quebecers and Jean-Pierre Lafitte. His reinvention is something you definitely don't want to miss. So if you haven't got your tickets yet, do so tonight. Or show up for general admission as all VIP seats are sold out. Scotty O'Shea and his two new members of Kill Screen will team together in six-man tag team action to face the Wrestle Factory, Tyson's Duke's Wrestling Factory students, Alec Realm, Jordan James, and Jim Strider as they battle in six-man tag team action. Halal Beefcake make their return to London and face Dylan Andrews and his trusty sidekick. One half of the t- tag team champions, Psycho Mike Rollins, will face Sebastian Suave, who will have Anthony Kingdom James in his corner. London's own Violet Lee will go one-on-one against Xander Bale. The Pillars, Tyson Dukes and Brent Banks, will face off with the Buffalo Brothers, Daniel Garcia and Kevin Blackwood. And the main event of the evening will feature Tarek defending his newly won championship against Windsor's own Aiden Prince. As for my predictions for this show, looking back on the card, I can definitely see PCO taking the victory against Kevin Bennett. And not that I don't have faith in them, considering I've dropped in and seen them learning their craft, but the Wrestle Factory will unfortunately fall to kill screen as Scotty O'Shea has the experience and the unknown factor of the two members of kill screen. We don't know how long they've been wrestling or if they're brand new to the uh, independent wrestling scene. There's virtually nothing known about these two guys and their experience combined 
could be too much for the students of the wrestling factory to withstand. Unless there's a lot of shenanigans coming from Dylan Andrews and his trusty sidekick, I see Halal Beefcake taking the victory in that encounter. The presence and distraction from Anthony Kingdom James could be too much for Psycho Mike to be able to overcome, as Sebastian Suave will take that match. The last time Smash was here in London, Violet Lee definitely impressed the audience in their six-person tag team match, and she could continue her momentum by taking a surprise victory over the veteran Xander Bale. I'm picking Violet Lee to win this one. Win or lose, we'll be seeing Xander Bale return to London next month to be part of Team Canada and the Canusa Classic. In what will probably be the hardest-hitting and high-flying match of the evening with the Buffalo Brothers and the Pillars, I see the veterans, Tyson Dukes and Brent Banks, pulling out the victory on this one. But they won't be going in without a fight from the Buffalo Brothers of Garcia and Blackwood. And try as he might, Aiden Prince, I do not see taking the Smash Championship from Tarek. He fought right too hard for that to happen, and he's not ready to surrender that belt up anytime soon. So I see Tarek retaining the title. Want to be a wrestler? The time is now to join the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory. The first class is going to graduate in October, and it's going to leave a lot of open space. Learn from one of Canada's best wrestlers and trainers around. Tyson has been wrestling since 1997 and has wrestled for Blood, Sweat, and Years, Border City Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Impact Wrestling, WWE, was part of the first Cruiserweight Classic, and one of the longest reigning champions for Smash Wrestling. Tyson just recently spent a week in Florida as a guest trainer at the WWE Performance Center. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory is located at 309 Exeter Road in London, Ontario and is open every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday evening from 6 p.m. to 8.30. Find out why Tyson is one of the pillars of Smash Wrestling. The Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory teaching the new generation of hopefuls into superstars. And now for the rest of your Smash Wrestling event calendar. It starts next Sunday, September 30th, as they travel to Kitchener with Don't Test Karma at Taste of the Tannery. On this night, you'll see Sebastian Suave face Vaughn Vertigo. The Muscle takes on John Greed. Mark Wheeler faces Space Monkey. Two members of Team Canada, Jody Threat, and Xander Bale go one-on-one against each other. The Buffalo Brothers will face off in a four-way as Daniel Garcia, Kevin Blackwood, Puff, and Kevin Bennett all do battle against each other. 
The tag team titles are on the line as the Royal Oil Machines face the Pillars, Tyson Dukes, and Brent Banks. The main event sees Tarek defend the Smash Wrestling Championship against hacker Scotty O'Shea, who's bound to have his two new members of Kill Screen by his side. We here at Scumbags Wrestling are getting ready to take a tour up the road that day to represent and be our own Scumbags section. If you'd like to be a part of our section for just $15 and join us on the road, please contact me on our Facebook page, Scumbags Wrestling, and find out how you can be a part of this road trip. Like all our other road trips, we'll do a live road trip diary for our podcast. So be a part of it. Contact me and let's support Smash Wrestling, not just in London, Ontario, but everywhere else that they go, whether it's down the road in Dresden, up the road in Kitchener, or all the way to the GTA in Toronto. They do this for us. We can do that for them. On October 14th, Smash Wrestling returns to the rec room in Toronto as they present This Is Smash, the show for their staff appreciation. All tickets will be free, and many people booked up their tickets at the 100 Part 2 show, but there's probably still some tickets left. Contact Smash Wrestling to see about availability. They are taking zero money for the price of this ticket, as the talent are going to work for nothing as well. However, donations are strongly and greatly appreciated, as all money raised that evening will go and be divided between the 25-plus staff members who make Smash Wrestling what it is every week that we see them or when we arrive at our arena. It's your turn to say thank you for everything that they've done and presented to us as wrestling fans. Again, that is October 14th in Toronto at the Rec Room. Tickets are free. Contact Smash Wrestling at smash-wrestling.com and find out how you can support the great staff of Smash. Already scheduled for that event is Sebastian Suave taking on Joe Hendry and Tyson Dukes challenges Tarek for the Smash Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. There's bound to be a really great card coming up and released in the next while as Alan Taylor and company put this together and post weekly what the next matches are going to be. And finally, on this trip down the calendar, we have October 27th, during the 5th Annual London Comic Con. Smash Wrestling brings the Canusa Classic from GTA to right here in the Forest City of London, Ontario, over at the Western Fair Agriplex. It is their annual all-women's special, actually happening a day before WDE presents Evolution, their all-women's pay-per-view. But you can go see it live at the Western Fair Agriplex when Smash has their annual tournament of Canada versus USA. The best women from both countries will face off each other in a best-of-seven series. Currently, each team has six representatives on it, and we're just waiting for the last two names to be announced to finish off each roster of Team Canada and Team USA. 
currently representing Team Canada are Xander Bell, Jody Threat, Nicole Matthews, Lufisto, Cat Power, and Casey Spinelli. Representing Team USA is Veda Scott, Allison Kay, Jordan Grace, Sue Young, Shotzi Blackheart, Tessa Blanchard, and one more for their side. There's a special ticket price for those wanting VIP seats in the first three rows. However, if you are attending London Comic Con and want to attend this show as well, you can receive general admission as part of your pass to the London Comic Con. For more information on any of these events, please go to Smash Wrestling's website or their Facebook page. Their website is smash-wrestling.com. Hey guys, we're looking to make a big splash at the Canusa Classic happening during London Comic Con. Show your uh, scumbag colors by going to twistedmerch.com where Twisted Tees is going to be selling our t-shirts. You can get the original Scumbags of Wrestling logo shirt based off the WWF Superstars of Wrestling logo. There's also the Scumbags of Wrestling Raw is War inspired logo. Plus, brand new to the collection is our Scumbags of Wrestling podcast logo based on the Survivor Series Get your t-shirts now for $25. If you order directly through me, I'll save you the shipping and handling, and I'll donate some of the uh, proceeds to Cody Diener's latest Giver for Charity event. So be sure to get your t-shirts in time for Comic-Con during October 26th to 28th. Go to Twisted Tees at twistedmerch.com support the scumbags of wrestling support this podcast and support Cody Diener's gear for charity WD Hell in a Cell 2018 took place last Sunday on the WD Network it started off with the kickoff show with the new host Jonathan Coachman having Peter Rosenberg, Page, and Booker T joining him. The pre-show started off with a kickoff match with New Day defending their tag team titles against Rusev Day. In the climax, Kingston performed Trouble in Paradise on Aiden English to retain the title. There was some dissension during that match between Rusev and Aiden English which caused the loss in the end. The pay-per-view opened with Jeff Hardy facing Randy Orton in a Hell in a Cell match. Jeff had always wanted to be in a Hell in a Cell, and that was the only thing he hasn't really accomplished in WWE, and finally got his opportunity to do so. During the match, Orton threatened... Excuse me. Orton put a screwdriver through one of Jeff Hardy's earlobes, as he's been teasing, pulling on them over the last couple of weeks. Hardy would then counter with a low blow and performed a twist of fate on Orton and placed him on a chair and performed a swanton bomb on top for a near fall. 
There was tons of ladders and chairs and tables used throughout this whole match, but the finish came when Jeff Hardy climbed a ladder and had Orton laid out on a table. It appeared as though Jeff was going to try and leapfrog a tall ladder, but realized that the cage was too tall for him to do so. So instead, he went across the ladder and hung from the cell, swinging back and forth like he did in a TNA match where the cage was had a roof on it too, and attempted to do a splash on Orton through the table. Unfortunately for Jeff, Orton moved out of the way, and just as he released from the top of the cage and went crashing through the table. The referee wanted to call for the bell and say that Jeff couldn't continue and get medical attention to Jeff. However, Randy had nothing to do with that and ordered the referee to make the count as he covered Jeff for the three and the victory. I was actually surprised that the next match was Charlotte Flair defending the Women's SmackDown Championship against Becky Lynch. I expected that to be maybe a little bit later in the middle of the show where they could have possibly brought down the cage unannounced as a lot of the tweets between the two women centered around it possibly being a Hell in a Cell match. And an impromptu surprise like that would have been something special. I don't think the fans are really buying into Becky Lynch as the heel as they still are rallying behind her and cheering her all the way and booing Charlotte. In such fashion, though, the match went back and forth. Becky was still attempting to be the heel. And, yeah, the women fought back and forth. You can tell they are really good friends in real life and know each other really well. The ending saw Charlotte going for a spear, but Becky countered it and rolled Charlotte up to claim her second WWE championship. After the match, Charlotte offered a handshake only for Lynch to refuse it and walk away, claiming that Charlotte was not going to steal her moment. Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre defended the Raw Tag Team Championships against Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. Both teams have really good chemistry with each other and were going all over the place, hard-hitting, some dives here and there. Uh, But in the end, as Rollins had stopped Ziggler from going to the top rope and hit a superplex, he rolled through and was about to hit a falcon arrow, only for McIntyre to quickly get in and hit a claymore on Rollins right in the face. And just in time, as then Dolph landed and got the pin, and they retained their tag team titles. AJ Styles defended the WD Championship against Samoa Joe. The closing moments saw Styles attempt a springboard, only for Joe to counter into the Coquina Clutch. Styles countered this into a pin, only during the pin, Styles actually submitted at the same time, but the referee was in a different position and did not see the tap out. When the bell rang, Joe thought he had actually won the title and was complaining about why he wasn't being awarded it. However, the referee did count Joe's shoulders down, and AJ got the pin. So 
nice little controversial ending, considering the last time that they met, AJ got disqualified. So later on, Joe went backstage and complained to Paige after showing the referee that, you know, AJ had tapped out. There was camera footage of it. But Paige said that the referee's decision is final. However, Joe and AJ will meet again in Australia, and there will be a winner for sure. So it sounds like it's going to be a no-disqualification type match. Um, Won't be surprised if they don't try and turn it into like an I quit where you actually have to hear the person submit so there isn't a chance of seeing what happened in this match again. Dana Bryan and Brie Bella faced Miz and Maurice in a mixed tag team match. Oddly, they teased more about the hot tag between the women than the guys instead of having the women battle each other and wait with anticipation for the guys to get in there. Um, For whatever reason, they did that, and the guys wrestled a lot. But Maurice, every time she had a chance to go against Bree, cowered away from her and didn't want to engage with Bree. In the end, though, Maurice did end up getting in there and rolled through and pinned Bree with a small package while holding Bree's tights for the victory. Both Miz and Maurice quickly scurried away from the ring and celebrated at the top of the ramp to a shocked Bree and Dana Bryan in the middle of the ring wondering what actually happened. Ronda Rousey defended her Raw Women's Championship against Alexa Bliss. Alexa was accompanied by Mickey James and Alicia Fox, and Natalia was in the corner of Ronda Rousey. They played off the injury that Ronda had as they were teasing that she had broken ribs or very tender ribs from the attacks that had happened over the last couple of weeks on Raw. Unfortunately, at the same time, that wasn't enough in the case of Alexa trying to get the title back as Rosie fired up and forced Bliss to submit to an armbar as soon as she put it on. In possibly the oddest main event of a Hell in Cell ever, Roman Reigns defended the Universal Championship against Braun Strowman inside the newly red cage with Mick Foley as a special referee. Braun was in this match as he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase. Strowman struck Reigns with steel steps and did a running power slam on Reigns for a near fall. Reigns also then hit a spear through a table on Strowman for a near fall. Later in the match, Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre attempted to interfere, only to have Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose uh, even the odds, and all four men ended up climbing the side of the cage and being on the roof of the Hell in a Cell. Ziggler had hit Rollins with a super kick. Ambrose had brought a kendo stick up and used it on McIntyre. And Ziggler. Rollins and Ziggler then started climbing down the side of the cage, but 
end up fighting each other and sent each other bouncing off the side of the cage and through two announce tables. All this seemed to happen while Roman and Braun were out in the middle of the ring for an extensive time, which is unlike them. For some reason, they seem to be dead. And that's when Brock Lesnar's music hit and Lesnar came down to the ring, followed by Paul Heyman with a surprise return. Lesnar kicked open this cell, taking out the door, and Heyman ended up spraying pepper spray in Foley's eyes. Lesnar then attacked both Strowman and Reigns with broken pieces of table and performed F5s on each of the men before departing. A second referee came out and declared that Strowman and Reigns could not continue, resulting in a no contest. Quickly, the cameras went off, and the fans at home did not see the reaction that was going on in the arena because the fans that were there in attendance started crapping on the finish and booing it. So the end result was that Roman retained his WWE Universal Championship, and Braun Strowman became the fourth person in history of the briefcase to fail to gain a championship after cashing it in. Overall, I didn't dislike the show. However, I did find some of it dragging. I yeah, I just cannot get into anything with Randy Orton. I did not like the pace of that first Hell in a Cell match with Orton and Hardy. They wasted so much plunder with the tables, the ladders, and chairs, which is Hardy's gimmick, but it was a gimmick within the structure of the cell, which totally took away from it. And yeah, not really something I totally enjoyed. I know I cringed when I saw the screwdriver going into the ear, and a lot of this also seemed to set up for future events because there's Super Showdown and Evolution and everything else coming up. So they kind of backed themselves in the corner of what to do, and this became setups for bigger events where they're going to get paid a ton of money to go to different places and do these same matches and rematches. Overall, though, as I said, it was a decent event, confusing with both Hell and Cell matches. But, yeah, something decent that came out of it. So I kind of have a big announcement to make. Challenge is none other than the first ever WWE Universal Champion, Finn Balor. I mean, if you guys know our history from NXT, you can just imagine the possibilities. I mean, we could come out and I could do his entrance. Or we could come out and he could do my entrance. Or even better, you know what we can do? We've done this before and I'd say we got it down pretty good. We could come out and do the dirty dancing routine entrance. How's 
sweet would that be? You know what? It doesn't matter because when we get in that ring, all I know is that this time I'm taking it to the top and we are winning the mixed match challenge. Bailey and Finn Balor, we got this. Shanti. This is the modern day Maharaja. And I yet have another spiritual intervention this time with my partner for Mixed Match Challenge 2. Yes, she has some issues, and yes, I can't help her achieve inner peace. And together with the power of Shanti, we will conquer Mixed Match Challenge 2. My partner, unfortunately, is in deep, deep meditation at the moment. My partner is none other than Alicia Fox. Shanti. The Mixed Match Challenge number two. So you see, last time I had my partner Finn Balor, and he was great. I loved him. He was awesome. But this time, I'm ready to dominate. So who did I call in? The Dominator. <laughs> my man, Bobby Lashley. And we're going to go all the way to the top, and we're going to win this one this time. Let's move on to some WWE news. This past Monday, it was confirmed by WWE that they will be returning to Saudi Arabia on November 2nd for a special event called Crown Jewel. This will be headlined by a triple threat match with Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar challenging Roman Reigns for the Universal title after the fallout from the Hell in a Cell match. And also they'll be WWE's first World Cup winner a tournament to decide the best in the world. There's been a few team changes at the Mixed Match Challenge Volume 2 as Alexa Bliss needed to be removed from her team with Braun Strowman and has been replaced by Ember Moon. It appears also that Alexa is not the only one injured, but Sasha Banks is also injured as she is being replaced in her team with Bobby Lashley by Mickey James. WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt also pulled off some great work again, this time getting the judge to throw out the concussion-related lawsuits against WWE. Judge Vanessa L. Bryant, who was overseeing the Various concussion-related lawsuits against WWE dismissed the lawsuit. Some of these lawsuits against WWE date back as far as January 2015 and included people like Big Vito. Another of the lawsuits that had been filed was on behalf of 53 plaintiffs, including Road Warrior Animal, Paul Orndorff, Shane Douglas, both members of Demolition, Chavo Guerrero Jr., and many more. That, too, was dismissed. The third case was thrown out because of it exceeding the statute of limitations, and that one involved Blackjack Mulligan, Dynamite Kid, Coco Beware, and Ivan Koloff. With those cases now being thrown out, I wonder how soon some of those that were filing suit against WD, like Demolition, will find their way to the WD Hall of Fame. This week, Matt Hardy also announced his 
retirement from wrestling due to the impact on his hip and spine over all the years of wrestling. He is slowly transitioning into a backstage position where he will be a producer for WWE television. Sunday night after Hell in a Cell, the WWE presented the Mick Foley 20 Years of Hell stand-up show that he has been doing around the world and just recently finished up here in Canada. That show that they broadcast on the network was actually done on the day of the 20th anniversary, June 28th, in Pittsburgh area. With the exception of a few stories like they talked about with Sting and how the girl that Daphne had wrestled and ended up passing away, the show was pretty much the same as what he brought here to London and to Brantford. Just they didn't do the Q&A afterwards, but it's a good hour and 15 minute uh, special that you should definitely check out on the WD Network if you did not see it live when it came to your city. In a bit of surprise, Scott DeMore and Ed Nordstrom went to WD headquarters and had a meeting that apparently Vince and Triple H were not there, but it did possibly involve Triple H's side of the office. It is unknown at this time what the exact nature of the meeting was. However, it does look like they are willing to work with each other in some sort of capacity. I wasn't sure at the time if they were negotiating to try and get somebody that was formerly on the TNA Impact roster to appear at Bound for Glory as part of the induction of their Hall of Fame. Or, as has been speculated also, Maybe this has more to do with the use of their library and also potentially broadcasting on the WWE Network if their contract with POP ends up uh, closing. Hopefully in the weeks and months to come, we will be able to find out what exactly that meeting was about and how the two companies might be working together in some sort of capacity. Speaking of the TNA Impact Hall of Fame, it was revealed this week that Abyss will be inducted into the Hall of Fame next month at Bound for Glory. Abyss is actually the only inductee that has never worked for anyone but Impact. He has not stepped foot in the ring with WWE, and he actually made his name there, as opposed to some of the others making their name in WWE or WCW like Sting. So congratulations to Abyss in your induction. Matt Riddle also made his NXT debut at a house show. Plus, highlights for this week include Seth Rollins versus Dolph Ziggler, AJ Styles versus Andreas San Elmas, Ricochet versus Pete Dunn. Cedric Alexander against Drew Gulak and Allison Kay versus Mia Yim. If you get a chance, those are the matches I definitely recommend you checking out this week. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Brent Money Banks, and you are listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Scumbags is money. It is the game, Triple H. The WWE truly is a global phenomenon. 
The WWE Universe exists in more than 800 million homes worldwide and speaks over 25 languages. But Australia has been a home away from home for WWE for over 30 years. In 2002, though, we broke ground when I competed in a historic main event against The Rock and Brock Lesnar at the Global Warning Pay-Per-View. And now, I am truly honored and privileged to be able to announce WWE's long-awaited pay-per-view return to the land down under. WWE Super Showdown will take place in Melbourne, Australia at the iconic Melbourne Cricket Ground on Saturday, October 6th, live on the WWE Network. And we are bringing our biggest and best WWE superstars from both Raw and SmackDown Live, including John Cena, Roman Reigns, Sasha Banks, Braun Strowman, Charlotte Flair, AJ Styles, The New Day, Daniel Bryan, and the baddest woman on the planet, Ronda Rousey. Not to mention my opponent at WWE Super Showdown, one and only, the phenom, The Undertaker. It has been six long years since one of the greatest rivalries in WWE history was said to be dead and buried. But legends, legends never die. The Undertaker and I had some unfinished business. At WWE Super Showdown, The Undertaker will once again know why I am the cerebral assassin. Undertaker, I promise you, this is no game. So Melbourne, Australia, there's just one thing left to ask. Are you ready? On October 6th, WWE presents Super Showdown from Melbourne, Australia at the Melbourne Cricket Grounds. Right here in the Eastern Time Zone, you can find it at 4 a.m. on Saturday morning. This card was first announced on June 16th when Vince McMahon and Triple H both made separate commercials for the show and announced that The Undertaker versus Triple H would happen as the last time ever. The end of an era again. Up until a few weeks ago, that was the only match they were really promoting by having Triple H make appearances Shawn michaels made an appearance which undertaker interrupted and it speculated sean returning to the ring after eight years of being away and then this past monday undertaker was in the ring doing a promo for the show and figured that since Shawn michaels will be present for triple h he's going to have his brother kane in his corner it's been widely speculated since the Shawn Michaels promo that he's coming out of retirement and it would not be for a singles match. Inserting Kane into Taker's Corner virtually confirms that at the Saudi Arabia show, it'll be Shawn Michaels and Triple H teaming together as DX against the Brothers of Destruction, Kane and The Undertaker. With some of the results that happened at Hell and Cell, it looks like the Melbourne show will be a big blow-off for a lot of the feuds that are going on as they continue from that show to this one. The rest of the card looks like this.
Bobby Lashley and John Cena teaming together to go against Elias and Kevin Owens. Daniel Bryan and The Miz will face one-on-one for a number one contenders match. In a six-man tag match, The Shield will take on Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre. In six women tag team action, the Bella Twins will team up with Ronda Rousey to face the Riot Squad of Liv Morgan, Ruby Riot, and Sarah Logan. AJ Styles and Samoa Joe will have their third match on pay-per-view as Styles defends the WWE Championship against Samoa Joe. Cedric Alexander will face Buddy Murphy for the Cruiserweight Championship. Asuka and Naomi will team together to face the Iconics, Billy Kay and Peyton Royce. The New Day will defend the SmackDown Tag Team titles against The Bar, Sheamus and Cesaro. And Becky Lynch will defend the Women's SmackDown Championship against Charlotte Flair. So all this will be happening in Melbourne, Australia on October 6th on the WWE Network. Daniel Bryan, everyone knows you're fragile. You have fleeting moments of glory, but you'll never have the sustained excellence like I've had. You thought I embarrassed you at SummerSlam? That was nothing compared to what I'm going to do to you in Melbourne at the WWE Super Showdown on Saturday, October 6th. It's the Miz versus Daniel Bryan. As announced on July 23rd by Stephanie McMahon on Monday Night Raw, WD Evolution, an all-women's pay-per-view, comes to the WD Network on October 28th. This event will happen at the NASA Veterans Memorial Coliseum in Uniondale, New York. It was promised that all the WWE women's titles will be on the line that night, and 50 women from the past, present, and future, obviously NXT, would be taking part in this event. Avoiding the leaked card that was making its rounds on the internet the other week, What is known for sure is the Raw Women's Championship, the SmackDown Women's Championship, NXT Women's Championship, the UK Women's NXT Championship will all be defended, along with the finals of the Mae Young Classic, a singles match with Alexa Bliss facing Trish Stratus, and Lita facing Mickey James in singles match. Right after the Australia card, They're bound to put the pedal to the metal for the women and start revealing what the rest of the card will look like. What legends would you like to see return? Send me a message at our Facebook page. As announced this past Monday night on Raw, WWE returns to Saudi Arabia on Friday, November 2nd, five days after the Evolution pay-per-view, to present WWE Crown Jewel. This card will consist of matches from Raw and SmackDown with the men. As we know, the situation with the women not being able to go to Saudi Arabia. Thankfully, they're getting their own pay-per-view five days earlier. This is where the widely speculated return to the ring by Shawn Michaels will happen. All that will be seen 
if it will come to fruition at Super Showdown. However, the two things that are definitely known that will happen on this card is Roman Reigns will defend his Universal Championship against Braun Strowman and Brock Lesnar in a triple threat match after the results of, or the non-results of their Hell in a Cell match and Brock Lesnar interfering. The second part that is well known is the fact that WWE announced on September 17th that the event would be the first ever WWE World Cup, a tournament to determine the best in the world. WWE certainly has a lot of people who could represent different countries at the time, with Jinder Mahal representing India, Kevin Owens could do Canada, you had Seamus who could do Ireland, McIntyre for Scotland, Cesaro for Switzerland, and so many more other places can be represented by their different countries that they already represent. should be interesting to see how many people will be in this tournament and what the initial matchups will be in the first round. And those are the specials that are coming up very soon to the WWE Network. But that's in addition to all the other things that are going on, whether it's the May Young Classic, the Mixed Match Challenge, 205 Live going to Wednesday nights, the build-up to SmackDown 1000. Everywhere you look, WWE seems to be everywhere, promoting so many different things at one time. Hopefully the writers are able to find a balance and get it flowing correctly and we get some decent action. And that concludes this week's episode of this Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'll be heading down to the London Music Hall tonight for Smash Wrestling's London Vacation. And I plan to try and talk to a couple more students from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory before they graduate. That should be coming up on our next episode, along with results from London Vacation. Coming this October 26th to the 28th at the Western Fair Agriplex, it's the 5th Annual London Comic-Con. Already announced to appear from Star Trek The Next Generation, Deanna Troy, Marina Sirtis. From Puffy the Vampire Slayer, Spike, James Marsters. The Yellow Power Ranger, Serena Vincent. Ted Raimi from Ash vs. Evil Dead and Xena Warrior Princess. Star Wars Bounty Hunter himself, Boba Fett. Daniel Logan will make an appearance. And former UFC champion and WWE Intercontinental Hardcore and Tag Team Champion, Ken Shamrock. Plus many more names to be announced in the coming weeks. It's a three-day celebration of art, comics, pop culture, with celebrity guests, vendors, and much more. Don't miss Southwestern Ontario's largest fan event. Tickets are on sale now. For more information, go to londoncomiccon.ca. Yo, this is Tarek. You're listening to Scumbags of Wrestling. Punch, kick, chop, done.
And those are the specials that are coming up very soon to the WWE Network. But that's in addition to all the other things that are going on, whether it's the Mae Young Classic, the Mixed Match Challenge, 205 Live going to Wednesday nights, the build-up to SmackDown 1000. Everywhere you look, WWE seems to be everywhere, promoting so many different things at one time. Hopefully the writers are able to find a balance and get it flowing correctly and we get some decent action. And that concludes this week's episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. I'll be heading down to the London Music Hall tonight for Smash Wrestling's London Vacation. And I plan to try and talk to a couple more students from the Tyson Dukes Wrestling Factory before they graduate. That should be coming up on our next episode, along with results from London Vacation. Thank you once again for joining us for this episode of the Scumbags Wrestling Podcast. If you have any suggestions, feel free to send us a note on our Facebook page or email us at scumbagswrestling at gmail.com. And before you end today's show, be sure to subscribe, like, or favorite our episode so you can catch us anytime we put out a new episode. Granted, I understand it's essentially the same unappreciative crowd full of scumbags from last night. Her name.